to a special Carroll County excursion episode of... Brutal Battle. So this is one of our beer excursion episodes, and yes, I'm saying Carroll County, because all three of the breweries we hit for this excursion were in Carroll County, Maryland. So it made it pretty neat and easy for us to categorize it as such. Um, so we're just going to go through and talk about our experience at each one. We have one beer from each of them, and then we have a bonus beer at the end. So we still have four beers like we normally do in these episodes. And uh, yeah, we had a fun time. Mm -hmm. Let's get right into it. So our first one was on our list because they had actually reached out to us. So who had reached out to you, Rebecca? Dan Flynn. With? Brewery Fire. Brewery Fire in Tannytown. I don't know if they say it Tannytown or Tannytown. I assume it's Tannytown, but that's obviously in Maryland. All these are in Maryland. And they're kind of, um, that's, I don't want to say it's it's a more, it's a rural area totally, but it's more a more rural area than, say, where we live in Maryland. So it's a little more remote. Uh, they don't have a lot of breweries super close like you do in a place like Baltimore. So it's a little more out there. So it's not as known about. As far as I know, but I'm going to say after being there, it's worth going to. Definitely. It's 100% worth going to. And I'm going to throw out another reason for people. I know there are a lot of people, especially in the Maryland, Virginia areas, that are big into going to Fourscore Brewing in Gettysburg, and uh, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. And they are great. And I know a lot of people go for their can releases. Tannytown, on the way. Literally, brewery fire, if you're going that way. On the way to Fourscore. So I would say definitely stop in on your way up or on your way back. It's 100% worth it. They have a very sizable tap list with a lot of different styles on tap. So there's definitely going to be stuff that people are going to like. So let's let's crack the, the first beer we have here so we can get to sipping on beers because I know Rebecca. Yeah, I'm thirsty. You always like to have something to sip on. And, and then we'll just talk about it. And this is one we actually didn't have when we were there. We just picked Correct. it up to go. So yeah, we, so we don't know about this one. So this is their Carroll County Common, which is a steam beer that is 5.5% alcohol. And the this one's in a 16-ounce can. We have one crowler in this episode. But the others are 16-ouncers. Now, this is interesting because I don't really see people doing any, like, commons, which are, you know, typically, like, steam beers. So, um, I haven't had a beer like this style-wise in, I don't know how long. It's been a long time. The only time. one that we could think of was Anchor Steam. I, we, we've definitely had a, another steam beer or a few other steam beers since then, but what are you looking at? Oh, it says a percentage of sales of the, will benefit the Brewers Association of Maryland. Oh, okay. Well, that's probably why part of the design of the label has a Maryland flag. And boom. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and the Brewers Association of Maryland emblem. I guess it was made probably with local malts and local hops because it has a Manchester, Maryland oh. horse hops that's and cool. Dark Cloud Malt House on it. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. We love local sourcing, so. Yeah, that's. Super cool. Thanks for catching that. That's good to know. Very, uh, orange. yeah, it's like an amber, orangish, amberish color. A little bit cloudy, I but... I thought it was going to be lighter than this. Yeah. Actually, when I think steam beer, I do think lighter than this, but yeah. that may also just be what I don't necessarily remember about steam <laughs> right, beers yeah. since it's been a long time. Mm, it smells like so malty Ooh. and grainy. Yeah. It smells like... 
It smells a little bit like when you go to a brewery and they bend brewing and you smell just like that that malt grain, mm-hmm. spent malt grain smell. It's such a nice, like, nostalgic smell. It is. It is. It just is. It is. It's like the smell you associate with the brewery. Yeah, 100%. I'd, I'm going to say this. I'd wear this as a fragrance. Oh, I would wear this as a fragrance. Please don't. I would. I was just saying I would do it because I'm that into beer. I'm getting a little honey. Definitely some honey. Some stra- slight straw notes. Yeah, I would say straw hay. But yeah, there's like a slight sweetness on the nose, but there's also this kind of like dryness on the nose as well that makes you feel like it's going to have a more of a drying finish, that it might have like a nice refreshing snap to the end of it. But it, I mean, mainly smells like a little malty sweet, mm-hmm. which I like a malty sweet beer from yeah, time to time. I think it smells good. It does smell good. Going in. Hmm. It's I got like a that. nice earthiness. I like the mouthfeel. It has like this real full body creamy mouthfeel. You're right about that. It does have this kind of creaminess going on, which I wasn't, you know, it didn't look that way. It wasn't smelling like it was going to have a creaminess. But yeah, for some reason, it has that full body. It's got a creaminess. It's good. Hmm. But the, it's very much driven by that kind of malt grain yeah. flavor. There is a little sweetness, but I think there's even less sweetness in the flavor than there was in the nose for it. And there's a bitterness. Yeah, there's a decent bitterness on the end. It's kind of like a medium-low bitterness, in my opinion. Yeah, it's well-balanced. Definitely well-balanced. I, th- I like it. It's a nice, easy easy sipper, but has um, a good amount of flavor. It's one of those beers we've talked about you can... Drink it and pay attention to it, or drink mm-hmm. it and forget about it. Yeah, and it's got a solid earthiness to it as well that I'm quite enjoying. That's a good beer. Uh, if, you, if you're into maltier beers, if you miss the days of things kind of like amber ales, because not a lot of people are doing stuff like that, you know, just more focused on the maltiness, um, this would be a good beer for you. This is a good one. I enjoy that. And now we can say we've had a steam beer recently. Yeah. <laughs> So we got that beer in a mixed four pack that we could do. Because boom, awesome! They do mixed four packs. Not a lot of breweries will do that. So I love the fact that they make that an option. And you could do that with like any of their beers. Yeah, I feel like sometimes when you do find a brewery that does mixed four packs, it's like only a certain selection of their four packs, not like everything. But we were like, we want one yeah. of this, one of this, one of this, one of this, and they were like, okay. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, so that was cool. So, for that reason, it is very customer-friendly in that sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, everybody there was super friendly. So, let's talk about the things that we liked there with our experience. I don't, I honestly don't have anything I disliked about it because it was a nice experience at that place. And, obviously, people, if you've been listening to this podcast long enough, you know that we're not going to hold back on our actual opinions. So, if we didn't like someone... Or someone. If we, yes, if we didn't like someone. Yeah, we'll tell you that too. We would tell you that too. <laughs> but if we didn't like something, we were also going to tell you that. So we're just going to talk about what our experience there was. And it was extremely positive and extremely fun. And I think part of what plays into it is it, the feel, it's our type of place. Mm-hmm. Like it's the place we typically like to go. It's very nerd driven. There are a lot of like nerdy things decking the place out. Like, Video game referencing things, some Dungeons and Dragons, Star Wars, the game Portal. They had a companion cube there. They had an amazing mural in their beer garden out back that was like all 80s and I think a little bit of 90s references. 
uh, to like movies and pop culture stuff, which was really super cool. So they have plenty of seating inside, plenty of seating out outside, but it is a, you definitely know it's one of those smaller breweries because when you go in, like there's not a whole lot dividing where they actually brew and where you're sitting and drinking your beer. So I like those feelings because it, I feel like it makes you feel closer to the product in a way. Um, and it just feels quaint, in yeah, my opinion. Yeah, it definitely was quaint. Yeah. Plus, they had some really cool touches, like flourishes to things. Kind of like their tables were not shaped like normal tables. It looks like they kind of just had pieces of wood cut in just whatever shape they were cut and then finished off as tables. So yeah. they, they were kind of like whatever shape. I wonder if that, I'm assuming that was probably someone local. Probably. Because they were also telling us about their beer samplers. Paddles. Yeah, their beer paddles, which one is like a sword. It literally is like a carved sword with a lot of good detail to it. And it's a four beer sampler that goes into that sword. And you can obviously just grab it by the by the handle and just take it. One hand yeah, in. And it says brewery fire on it. It says so brewery fire on it. Pretty cool. And they were also showing us that they were have been working on kind of a prototype for one that's shaped like a shield that is kind of like the ultimate sampler. And it looked like it had like twelve yeah, on probably there. It was like every beer on tap. Yeah, which is how many which taps what it we, had. And what that which is ultimately what we, we did. Yeah. Because we did three samplers. <laughs> we did we at first the fir- yeah, at first we did two samplers because we were like there's enough that we really have interest in just looking at the at the menu that we want to try two samplers worth. That was no problem. But then after we did that, we were kind of like, if we just get one more sampler, we're trying everything. And what we've had, we like. So I don't Let's think we're really taking a risk yeah. in this sense. So we went all the way. Yeah. So here's what we ended up having. Uh, a New England-style IPA called Eat My Shorts, Dude. Which I really liked. Well, okay. I know it's not your style, right. and it's not typically my style either, but for style-wise, it was good. You listeners, you know I'm not big on New England-style IPAs. I'm not big on hazy IPAs, um, but I I was fine drinking it, so that, that is saying something for me. I do think uh, they had one other New England-style IPA. I'd like this one more. Yeah, I did too. For sure, the Eat My Shorts was better. And, Eat My um, Shorts, dude. Yeah. Then there was... Yes, dude. You have, as Justin, the the bartender said, you got to say the dude part. Which, by the way, Justin was awesome guy. We'll talk a little bit more about him. So uh, another castle was their session IPA, which I can't remember the last time I had a session IPA, and it was a well done session IPA in my opinion. Very light but very flavorful at the same time. Then we had their "There's Always Money in the Banana Stand." That was the other New England style IPA. Um, it's New England style IPA. Reference to Arrested Development. Yes, Arrested Development. Then we had their Juicy Brute, which to be honest, I didn't know anyone was still doing a Brute IPA because that style was like a flash in the pan, uh, popularity wise. It seemed like it was popular for like six months and then it was gone, which I'm fine with that because I typically don't like it, but I actually enjoyed the Juicy Brute. Yeah. It wasn't as drying as a lot of Brute IPAs typically are, and it was the... The um, hop character was more aggressive, which I like. So, And that was kind of one of the bar patrons, Mike's recommendation for us. Yes, yeah. He's like, you got to try this Juicy Brute. 
Yeah, and Mike was a super nice guy. He came over and he was just, like, chatting us up for a while. Super nice guy. He was there having a beer before mowing his lawn. Because <laughs> he was like, the grass is still wet. What am I going to do? I got to let it dry have out. A beer. I'm like, <laughs> I like the way this guy thinks. Uh, so the next beer we had was their uh, Top of the Muffin to you. This one was interesting. I like that one a lot. This was a cream ale made with blueberry, vanilla, and graham crackers. And... I mainly just tasted the blueberry out of that. It was like kind of this light blueberry, but it definitely also tasted like a nice light cream ale yeah. with kind of a bit of like a corn type finish to it. That was a good beer. I enjoyed that one. Mm-hmm. Then there was Business Casual Bonfire, which is one of the owners, um, owner and founders, Jesse Johnson's favorite beers that he makes there called uh, Business Casual Bonfire is an English style IPA. That's not my style. English-style IPAs are very earthy, typically, because they use noble hops. So, you know, they're they're going to be a very earthy-driven and more bitter. And that's not my style. But for an English IPA, it was well done. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Uh, then we had their Puma Man, which is a Pilsner. And that was a solid Pilsner. I think that was actually their weakest offering. Yeah, if I remember that. In was, my opinion. Yeah. It was a little, it was a little lower on the flavor pers- uh, spectrum than I was assuming it would be based and off I being a pilsner. If, if, I feel like it wasn't as crisp as I would like my pilsners. That too, yeah. Um, then my favorite beer, the Executor IPA, West Coast style IPA. It's beautiful. This is a wonderful beer. I love this beer. If you like West Coast style IPAs, you got to get your hands on this executor. Jesse said, we talked to him while we were there. He said that that is one of his most pain in the ass beers to make. I'm sorry, Jesse, but you got to keep making that beer because it's so good. It is so good. Um, That was a little slice of heaven for me because you know how hard it is to find West Coast style IPAs nowadays, specifically good ones. Yeah, because if I people think, are making them, they're typically not great. I think Carlin took the first sip and was like, mmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, dr- I drank the majority of that one. Yeah, I, I barely got I any. wanted it. Then we had the Brunch of Oranges, which this one was really interesting to me. This was a mimosa-inspired sour beer brewed with orange, vanilla, and marshmallow. Now, what I need to say is uh, it it didn't taste like a sour. No. Like it wasn't it's just even like a fruit beer. Yeah, it was. It was like a fruit beer. It didn't really taste like there was really any tartness or sourness to it. It was. Um, and that's not a bad thing. No, yeah, no, it's fine. It's just when it's categorized as a sour yeah. beer, you have a certain expectation, and that it just wasn't wasn't there. But I got the orange to it, and I one hundred percent got the marshmallow, which was very surprising because we've had plenty of mar- beers that have marshmallow in them on this podcast, even some recently. And you never taste it as actual marshmallow. Sometimes, like vanilla. Yeah, sometimes you get it as vanilla, but you never taste it. Or as just, just like a sugary sweetness. But with this one, like I, I didn't even remember what the beer was, but I took a sip and I'm like, "What one is this? This tastes like straight up marshmallow. Like, what is this?" So I think that's actually the first time I've actually tasted legitimate marshmallow in a beer. Yeah, I think that's a um, good beer for people who don't like beer too. Yeah, I agree with that. Then we had, this one was really interesting too, uh, Lois's, and this is a golden stout. They call it a breakfast golden stout, brewed with maple, cinnamon, and peanut butter. And Jesse was telling us that they actually named this after uh, he and a friend's favorite 
waitress at their local Denny's um, because she would, like, hook them up with some extra pancakes from time to time. <laughs> and I will say, like, it tasted like pancakes. Like, yeah. it was more – I wasn't getting the peanut butter, honestly, and I wasn't as much getting the cinnamon. But it did definitely taste like maple syrup pancakes. And it was a lot lighter. For, for yeah. a Golden Stout, it was a lot lighter – than I thought it was going to be, but that was good. I actually enjoyed that aspect. I, I really like that beer a lot. Yeah, it was a great one. Then the Participation Trophy. Also which very good. I think this may be my second favorite that was there. It's a um, tart and refreshing beer with, it, so it's just a sour, with cherry, blackberry, and raspberry. One of the things I love about that in particular is nowadays when you're when breweries are doing sours, a lot of the times they just have a ton of puree sitting in it. And that makes it so you kind of have to, like, chew the beer, and I don't really like that that much. This didn't have that. Had all the flavor of the blackberry, raspberry, and cherry without making you have to chew chew the stuff. Mm -hmm. So that was nice. And then to round it out, the last one is Murica, which just was a lager. Which was really good. I like that one. It was good. And they also have another version of it, which is with lime. Which we did get. Which we did get, but we're not going to have it on podcast at any point. We are going to do a brewery showcase episode for Brewery Fire because we got enough beers there. Plus, Jesse actually gave us um, a four-pack of Executor and something special that I won't tell you what it is because it'll be on the showcase. Um, So, yeah. So, just know that's coming. Oh, so... Like I said, we met Jesse Johnson. Great to talk to him. Talked about a lot of stuff. He was also he also had going on that day his hot dog stand outside that was called Frank and Steins with a Frankenstein's monster picture on his shirt, which I love because I'm big into horror. Plus, it's funny. Um, so that was great. And I actually got a hot dog, which I haven't had like a legit hot dog in a long time. It was really good. Carlin was, like, raving about this hot dog. I know. It tasted great. I mean, I feel like, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like whatever hot dogs he was actually using were really high-quality hot dogs. And they were big, too. They were pretty big. It was a big-ass hot dog. How much was the hot dog? Four bucks. Four bucks. Wasn't bad. Four bucks. Yeah. Real good. I just got ketchup mustard. That's how I do it. Were there other options? Yeah, yeah, there were other toppings. I don't remember what, because I was so focused on just getting the hot dog. And I I was also just kind of chit-chatting with Jesse about, you know, brewery stuff, which is fun. Nice guy, really nice guy. So, so yes. Um, Oh, and Justin, their bartender, Justin, who was there. Beer tender. Super nice guy. Yeah. Uh, Had some good conversation with him. Um, Hopefully he listens to this. Shout out to you, Justin. And also, hopefully Mike gets to hear it, the bar patron who was there, because he was a fun guy. Nice guy. Um, so yeah, just great ambiance, really good beer, and it was a great experience. So yeah, people definitely go definitely back. check out Brewery Fire. I feel like I don't hear people talk about it a whole lot, and I, I know they're distributing their beer a little oh, they bit, are. at least a little bit, because I know I've seen some at Wine World near us. So oh, really? Yeah. So they they are distributing here and there. I just don't know how far and yeah. how much. So. So anyway, um, so then from there we went to Pub Dog. Yes, Pub Dog, which Pub Dog's been around for a long time, actually a pretty long time, and I think they have like three or four locations throughout Maryland. And I know for at least for a while they've been doing a bunch of contract brewing as well. I think they might still be doing that. So Jesse informed me actually though that their current head brewer is Brandon Stanko, who used to be the head brewer at Duclaw Brewing 
he was the guy who was the brewer right after Jim Wagner left, who was Duclaw's original brewer. So he made some good beer. So I was like, oh, okay, so we can probably end up getting some good stuff. So we'll tell you about our experience at Pub Dog after we crack the beer we got from Pub Dog. Their Agave Lime Cerveza, which is a Mexican style beer brewed with agave nectar with key lime juice and natural flavor added. And it is 4.9%. Nice and light. In a 16 ounce can. And we did have this beer when we were there. We did, yes. Well, the the thing is, they didn't have a lot. They only had two beers and cans, or you could get a crowler, which we didn't really want to commit to a crowler. Yeah, we don't want to commit to a crowler on it. We're trying not to commit to crowlers because we don't want to, you know, have to feel like we have just, to go through a bunch of beer in a certain it's period just of time. It's such a commitment. It is a commitment. That's why the cans are better. Okay, so this is a little orangey, but pretty yellow. Pretty yellow, very clear. Yeah. Some nice clear beer there. What does it smell like? Lime. Tons of lime. With a nice backbone of sweetness from that agave nectar. The agave nectar really is there, but it's definitely underneath that lime because the lime's so robust. It smells really good, but it's almost bordering a cleaning product. Yeah, I can see that. I can agree with that. Definitely. All right, I'm going to go in. You definitely get the agave lime way more in the flavor than you do in the smell. It's adding a decent sweetness to it, but it's also finishing kind of dry. I like it. I I keep going back and forth if I like or don't like the level of lime in it. Because it is pretty lime forward. I will say this. The, the lime is less in the taste than it is in the smell. Yeah. By far. By far, actually. So I do feel like the lime and the agave nectar are a little more balanced when it comes to the actual flavor. It's a solid beer. I mean, if you hear agave lime light beer... I mean, it's exactly what right, it's good. it delivers. I mean, it's exactly what you think you're going to get, you get. It's definitely better than its, like, macro counterparts. Right. Because, you know, not a lot of breweries doing beers like this. But they did a good job. So, um, when we were at Pub Dog, we what, what drew, what was the main things that, one of the main things that drew us to Pub Dog? Well, their pizza. <laughs> we heard they had good pizza, and they had, like... 20 different types of pizzas on their menu. Yeah, a lot of pizzas. We had also heard from a friend, Stephanie Smith, that she had gone there a few times and she was like, their pizza's really good. So, we did. But we got there. It was super crowded inside. We um, ended up with a picnic table outside, which is fine with us because we want, kind of wanted to be outside anyway. Um, and I asked the bartender if they did samplers or half pours or anything, and she's like, yeah. So we ended up asking for four pours, but the pours were really small. So we weren't really sure if they were just like, here, take a sample, sample it, see if you like it, or if that was actually their sampler size. Yeah, I don't and know. I didn't check the receipt when we left to see yeah. if we were charged for it. Yeah, because it wasn't a lot. We didn't do a whole lot. I think but... we each had like two sips. Yeah, it wasn't a whole lot. But... And by sips, I mean literally a sip. So what we had, their Citra Pale Ale, which was okay. Mm-hmm. It was okay for a pale ale. Their Vienna Lager, which is also okay. kind of okay. Uh, the Agave Lime Cerveza. Which was, which was good. And their Caramel Porter, which actually was really good, yeah, in my opinion. Probably the beer we would have gotten in cans if we could have, uh, but we could only get a crowler yeah. and didn't want to do that. 
that is the one I definitely wanted to get in cans because the thing with it is a lot of times with things like a caramel porter, it'll have this kind of like fake taste to it or it'll be really sweet. And this had like no sweetness, which I think is awesome for something like a caramel porter. It had all the flavor of like a chocolatiness, all the flavor of that caramel with no sweetness, which in my opinion is the best way to experience those flavors in beer. Um, pretty impressive. And it was light. Mm-hmm, like it the was light. body was so light, but it was so flavorful. flavorful. I really enjoyed that beer. And I think that was, that's great. They should definitely can that and distribute they it. They also had like a blueberry beer, a strawberry beer. They yeah. definitely had some like stuff that like definitely we wouldn't try. Yeah. They seem very geared towards, um, the non-beer drinker. Yeah. The the people who mainly just drink macro beers, trying to bring them in. You And you know that that's the case when you're like, here's a light, like, wheat blueberry beer, and here's, like, a wheat strawberry beer. When that's on, ta- on tap, typically that's the type of people they have coming there. So. Yeah. We weren't there that long. We just no. got our little sampler beers, ate our pizza, which was really good. We ended up with a barbecue chicken pizza. Yeah, that was a good pizza. It was, it's the pizzas are small though. Just yeah, that. we probably could have gotten two, but we decided to pace ourselves. And I wanted to do two. I know, but we didn't. Um, they do have a lot of outdoor seating, and you can bring your dog and have them outdoor. Yeah, which is cool. And then they have a lot less indoor seating. It was yeah, pretty it was, cramped. It was in there. really cramped in there. So you're probably going to want to sit outside because it's, it's much more spacious, way more spacious, and just relaxing. Yeah. And it wasn't as loud. Inside yeah. was loud. Yeah, that too. All right, so then after that, we went to... 1623. And they are out of Eldersburg. Oh, did we say Winch, uh, Westminster, Westminster is where Pub Dog is? Then we went to Eldersburg, which is where 1623 Brewing is. And we've been wanting to go to 1623 because I think they won some awards. I think they won a... Um, yeah, I think they won a brewing award kind of recently. For this, at the beer, great- for this beer? No, not this beer. At the Great American Beer Festival for something. I don't remember, like in 2020 oh. or 2019. So they've been on our map. Plus we had had on this podcast at one point a IPA by them oh, that yeah. was really good. I, I think it was called like Hop Comet or something like that. So we've been wanting to go. So we did. And um, yeah, let's try the beer we got. Now we had to do a crowler for this one because we really wanted it in cans, but they were out. So, but we could do a crowler, and we were like, "This beer is too good to pass up." So we have to do a crowler. So, this is a lot of beer at the moment, but you know what? We'll manage. Carl, oh. Jesus Christ! Oh, <laughs> this is terrible. Like this, crowlers don't pour well. They pour like shit always. They always There's pour like shit. There's beer all over the table. <laughs> Well, yeah, because you can't pour crowd like because they. I mean, that's how it's supposed to be. There, they fill it all the way to the brim. Well, it's not just that; it's just the fact that like the mouth is not proportional. The mouth is like the same freaking size as it is for a twelve for a sixteen ounce can and a twelve ounce can. The mouth needs to be larger for a thirty two ounce can. Otherwise, this is what you get when you try to pour this beer. Yeah, it's always a mess. So. That sucks. Well, this is why we, we have lost health. some beer. We lost some beer. Okay, so anyway, what does it look like? Well, what is it? Oh yeah, I'm sorry. It's everything but the seeds, 
and it's a cream ale with watermelon. And they actually don't have the, oh wait, they do have the ABV, but it rubbed off because it was wet from condensation while we were going with it. But I have it in, here we go, I can find it. It is 5.2% alcohol. 5.2%. Okay. Yeah, 5.2. And it looks pretty orange. You can't see through it. Can't see, yeah, orange is yellow. Can't see through it. And it smells like watermelon. Yeah, it definitely smells like watermelon. It's very watermelon driven. It's kind of all I'm getting. I get, it's kind of weird because I feel like there is, to take this way back, a little bit of a perm juice smell. <laughs> to, to quote early podcast co-host Kyle, Kyle uh, Harris. It's got slight perm juice smell. It's kind of weird. There's a little sweetness. Yeah. There's and a, a little, little hay. I was just going to say hay, straw. A little honey. Yeah. But watermelon's the predominant yeah, yeah, yeah. smell. It's very watermelony. It I mainly think- just tastes like watermelon, honestly. But it's not sweet. Right. It's not sweet. And it's not like gross watermelon. It doesn't taste mm-hmm. like totally artificial. Yeah. It just, like when I first, I knew they were popular, this beer was popular there and they were well known for this beer. And I thought, how good can it be? But it's pretty it's tasty. Very, yeah, it's very good. I will say, I haven't had a ton of beers with watermelon in them, but of the ones I've had, this is by far the best. It's very good. If you have ever thought about wanting to have a beer with watermelon, but you're always like, the execution's never good, it's always too sweet, it's too gimmicky, whatever, go with this one though. Like, it is legitimately good. It's very good. And and the biggest thing, it's not sweet. Yeah. And the watermelon is very, it's very much almost all you taste, but it's not overpowering, if that makes any sense. Yeah. It's good. It's just a beautiful watermelon flavor. It really is. Yeah. So, very 1623 good. was kind of like... it does. Sorry, real quick. Oh. It does have a cream ale finish, though. It's got that little bit of, like, a corniness. Yeah, and, and grain cereal, yeah. Um, so 1623 is the, kind of like the polar opposite of Brewery Fire. It's yeah. large. Yeah, it's it's very commercial. Yeah. Um, very different. Um, but we had a lot of fun there, too. Um, beautiful bar space. Beautiful oh, yeah. space. They have a circular bar, yeah. which I think is really cool. Yeah. Awesome. To, I mean, the place is a great design, amazing design, yeah. and lots of outdoor seating. Lots of outdoor seating, and they had a live band playing. They had two food trucks. Um, we went in. We ordered our beers. We got two flights. We went outside, and then people were checking on us regularly, too. So yeah, if we wanted to were. order more, they would have brought it to us outside, which is nice. They were very well staffed, and their ser- and their staff was very attentive. Yeah. So they had great people working there. Our only problem is that uh, they didn't properly clean some of their tap lines because we had two beers that we got in between our two flights that did not taste like the beers they were supposed yeah. to be. It was a Pilsner, a Pilsner and a lager, right? No, it was a, I think it was a Pilsner and a, um, it was either an IPL or just like a hoppy ale. Whatever it was, but they both tasted like a Hefeweizen. Yeah, they both tasted like Hefeweizen and we did not order any Hefeweizen at all. Uh, they both tasted different, but right. also predominantly like Hefeweizen. So that's how you know their tap lines were not properly cleaned. So that is a big issue, I will say, with that place because you 
really don't want to fall into that as a brewery because you're you're potentially turning off um, customers. Because if they come and they're like, oh, I would really like to have this Pilsner, they taste it and it tastes like a Hefeweizen, people are not going to be feeling good about your yeah. beer. Or some people might like it. <laughs> I mean, and maybe. then come back, want to order it, and realize, oh, this isn't the beer I wanted right. because... When you finally get the lines cleaned, cleaned properly. Yeah. But that that's kind of like a, you know... So that Brewery was, 101, clean your tap lines properly. So out of our eight beers, two of them we thought came from dirty tap lines. Yeah. So we really just is, had six that we tasted. Which is actually pretty bad odds. Yeah. Uh, when you think about it. They really... I mean, I know I'm really harping on this, but the, like I said, this is Brewery 101 stuff. It really is. Um, but overall, we really did enjoy our experience. And we would definitely encourage people to go to 1623. Just I think that maybe something we didn't do that people should do if they go... If you have a beer that you think had a, a dirty tap line, just tell them. Yeah, we probably should have said something. Yeah, and the, they'd probably give you something else would be my guess. So, uh, But I did let someone who works with them know, and they are going to address it. So that's good. Just not a bartender there or a server. So, but, um, so for food, though... Uh, I went with um, Jimmy's Seafood Truck was there. So I had a crab cake, which was delicious. Crab cake sandwich. Crab cake sandwich. was my first time there having Jimmy's Seafood. Um, And the woman working there was really nice because I guess, like, obviously seafood is kind of like market price. So she's like, right now our crab cake sandwiches are $28. Is that okay? Yeah, that's a lot. Sure. I mean, it was, you know, we were having a fun day out. It was a splurge. It's not like it's something we do all the time. But, Yeah. yeah, it was... And there wasn't a lot of filler. It was a lot of crab. Yeah. Well, and Rebecca let me, she was nice enough to let me have a taste of it. And it was awesome. Like, it was a phenomenal crab cake. It was a phenomenal crab cake sandwich. The only thing that sucked about that is their french fries were disgusting. Yeah, their fries weren't that good. Their fries were, like, I'm, I'm not just saying they weren't good fries. They were horrible because they tasted like fish. Because my my idea on this is they're using older fry oil and they're frying the crab cakes in the same oil that they're doing French fries in, which that's means your fries are going to taste like seafood. Yeah, uh, and that's gross. So yeah, that sucked. But the sandwich was amazing. Yeah, uh, and then I got something different. I went with the other uh, food truck called Jolly Pig, and it was all like pig pork tacos. But there were so many different types of tacos you could do, and they had deals. It was like two for a certain amount or three for a certain amount. And I went with three, and I got like one that was like a Korean barbecue style that was really good, one that was a Peking style that was also really good, and then one was Zapoteca style um, that was also good. I mean, they were all like phenomenally good. Like the base pork was so good, and then all the toppings and how they mix the flavors of the toppings together with the pork. Just, ugh, it was awesome. I'm glad I got that. Those, those tacos yeah, were tacos so awesome. Yeah, the tacos did look really good. I just had to go with Jimmy's because I kept wanting to yeah. try it for so long. And anytime we're at a brewery, it's always like, oh, Jimmy's is the day before, the day after you're there. Yeah, and people just... talk about Jimmy's like crazy. And I see why. Like, their crab cakes are crazy yeah. good. So, yeah. So, yeah, that was a great experience. We really enjoyed it. Other than the dirty tap line and the fries... It was yeah, awesome. Yeah, and that wasn't their fault. The fries. Yeah, no, that the was fries just their, That was Jimmy's fault. Um, but it was fun, and there were people with their kids there, people with their dogs outside. We yeah. sat outside. 
Um, we braved the cicadas that were crawling on us. <laughs> yeah, our 17-year cicadas are all over the place. For people listening who aren't in the area, yeah, it's tons of cicadas all over the place. But yeah, um, no, it was good. It was a good time, and uh, it was a good way to wrap things up. Mm-hmm. It really was. It was a good and day. I, we would go back to, I think, all these places. Yeah. Probably less likely to go back to Pub Dog yeah. because of their limited offerings. Uh, but if we're in the area and we want some good pizza, I can see popping in. Yeah. But definitely big recommend on 1623 and the biggest recommend on Brewery Fire because that was our favorite of the three breweries. And because of that, we're going to wrap this episode up with a bonus beer from Brewery Fire. And it's one that we talked about that we already had while we were there. And it is Lois's Breakfast Golden Stout. Which is the breakfast or the golden stout with maple cinnamon and peanut butter? So let's really pay attention and see if we can get the I peanut see butter. If, now. Yeah, because the first time we had it, I was just t- telling Carlin before we started recording. I'm like, "Did you get the peanut butter in that?" Because I didn't. I didn't. And this is five and a half percent alcohol. Oh, nice. Well, that's really full. Um, My thumb. And Justin, our beer tender, was saying that some people actually drink this, make pancakes for dinner, and then drink this beer with it. So I told Carlin with our last. Um, Lois's that we have because we um, shared we some shared. with a friend. Yeah. Um, we need to have pancakes. Because good friends split four packs. Yeah. That's what I'm going to say right there. All right. So this Lois's looks like very orange. Yeah. Very orange. That is that golden stout. There's a decent amount of head just sticking around on top. Just all large bubbles, though. What do you smell? I'm getting the cinnamon. I, yeah, I do get the cinnamon. I wasn't really smelling the beer when we were having it there. Yeah, we so. weren't like really picking in the, all the beers apart like we do on podcasts. Yeah, really. I don't think I'm getting peanut butter, but I am getting the cinnamon and definitely the definitely maple. Definitely the maple. The maple yeah. is definitely the star. And that's basically all it smells like. It smells, I mean, it smells good. It smells, yeah, it smells good. And we liked it when we had it there. Hmm. Oh, yeah. See... This is the level of maple I can get down with. Like, if you know me, if you've been listening to this podcast enough, you know I'm not big on maple in general, especially maple in my beers. But the level that this is and how it blends with the cinnamon, because I am tasting the cinnamon in it, how it blends with the cinnamon and just in with the golden stout malt base, it's really good. See, I feel like you would, because I feel like this is a lot of maple. I'm surprised you like it. No, okay. It is, it's a lot of maple... In comparison to all the other flavor notes. But it's not a lot of maple in general. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I like that. Love it. And it's a very light body, which is very nice with it. It just, I mean, it just tastes like pancakes. It tastes like maple syrup mm-hmm. on pancakes. And it's, it is a good beer. This is a very nice beer. It really... Yeah, I really enjoy that. I wonder if the peanut butter is giving it that, that kind of like bready pancake-y note. Oh, maybe because of the proteins. That's a good point. I don't know. That's a good point. Yeah, so maybe you're not so much just getting it because it's really doing something on the mouth feel. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's a good idea. Yeah, maybe. But it is good. It's quite good. Okay, so now, obviously we had a great time. We look yeah. forward to doing more of this type of stuff. And look forward to the Brewery Fire showcase episode because that lineup of beers is going to be really fun Mm -hmm. for us hopefully for you listeners too but definitely for us 
So anyway, uh, got to do our rankings here. This is going to be really hard. I don't, you know, I don't think it's going to be that hard for me. The one and two, I feel, are close. The one and two are close for me. I like to put mine in order. Okay, yeah, put yours in your order there. And then here's the beer-soaked crowler. (laughs) Okay, gotcha. All right. You want to go first? Okay. Go ahead. So my number four is the Agave Lime Cerveza by Pub Dog. My number three is the Carroll County Common by Brewery Fire. My number two is the 1623 Everything But the Seeds, the Watermelon Cream Ale. And my number one is the Lois's, the Breakfast Golden Stout with maple, cinnamon, and peanut butter. So my number four is the uh, Pub Dog Agave Lime Cerveza, which is the Mexican-style beer with the key lime, the agave, nectar, and natural flavors. My number three is the Carroll County Common, which is the steam beer from Brewery Fire. My number two is the Lois's by Brewery Fire, which is the breakfast golden stout with maple, cinnamon, and peanut butter. And my number one, by a little bit, because this was tough, is the 1623 um, Everything But the Seeds, the watermelon cream ale. That is, like I said, it's the best watermelon beer I've had. But I had a bit of a hard time between the Lois's and Everything But the Seeds, because they're pretty close for me. But I, I'm going to give that edge to everything but the seeds. But good lineup, though. Yeah, good. Li- yeah. Well, I mean, we you know we cho- we, cho- we kind of cho- curated it. <laughs> we kind of chose <laughs> beers that we definitely wanted to have again, uh, except we didn't know about the Carroll County Common. And that was solid. That's I like beer. it. I'm going to enjoy finishing yeah, me it. Yeah, so, Yeah, and we have a few other of their beers that we're just going to have try on our own that I'm excited about. So. Yeah. But anyway, uh, thank you everyone for checking this out. Thank you to the Brewery Fire folks in particular. Um, very hospitable. Talked us up. Uh, but I feel like that's the way it is for everyone. Not just because we're, we're podcasters. They seemed very Welcome genuine and relaxed. And that's how they just are. Which is great. Because that's our type of place. Yeah. 100%. And like I said, a reminder. If you're going to four score. Just stop into Brewery Fire because it's on the way and it's very good and you'll have a good time. But anyway, uh, thanks everyone for checking this out. Look forward to the Brewery Fire Showcase episode, which will be coming in the next few weeks, maybe. Maybe next week, maybe the week after. I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, uh, please remember to keep it brutal. I feel so-